Blog Talk Radio. For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, you think we've gotten too radical with our message. Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go with go right. Woo! <laughs> you better put some hands together and act like you know up in here. Cheap peace. Ourselves 
from our cultural experience. And the reason that we can be so juvial and be so for certain when we do what we do is because we know that God is in us and God is with us. So we don't view the world from a pigeonhole perspective. We understand that everything is a sign and or a symbol that will engage your consciousness at a specific time, specific place, through a specific medium, so that you can use spirit force to manipulate matter. So we're going to invoke Kirk Franklin because we're going to stop, and we're going to do it with the God force that's inside of us. And when y'all get down there, you're going to see just how important this is, right? So anybody that's been following, been paying attention, been listening, just know we do everything calculated around here. It's specific purposes while we get down the way that we get down. So if you haven't done it yet, you need to get to the website immediately, www.myastrologycoach.com. You want to go to events, retreats, click those links. You'll see that we have it there. We're going to have a book signing. Myself, Noble Ampu, we put together our very first piece of literature together, and Pooh has authored some of his own pieces, but this is actually my first literary work, co-authored uh, with my partner, Noble Ampu, Spiritual Wisdom for the 21st Century. We get into a lot of the stuff that we talk about consistently over these airwaves, a lot of the personal dialogues that we've had amongst one another, um, a lot of the questions. Shout out to Adrian for um, – for drafting some very, very, very pertinent questions. Uh, and we went in and we answered those things based off our perspective and our perception of how we see this reality from our vantage point, right? And um, if you come down, that Friday, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type of swing. Um, you come down, we're going to have a workshop. We're going to be talking about some of, the things in, some of the things in the book. If you come down to the workshop, you're going to get the book for free. Uh, we're going to have um, we're going to talk extensively about uh, cosmic relationships, and we're going to get into and that's primarily going to be Aunt Pooh's piece, and myself I'm going to be talking about the connection to light particles uh, because it's very very important once you understand that you are light and that you uh, there are constant messages being bombarded in psychology by way of photons. Right, and they science actually calls these things messenger particles. But then you understand what the ancients, the mystics, the sages were trying to tell you about angelic forces, because they are called in uh, Kabbalah they're called malachim, which are the messengers of God. So they're talking about the same principle. They just give it a different name, but the function is primarily the same. So get to the website, man. Y'all want to be there or be square, man. Uh, put yourself in the future, man and say that you're going to be there now with all the intent to project yourself there on 7-Eleven. That Sunday, we're going to head over to Stone Mountain. Um, 
Georgia. We're going to go up there and get our ceremonial game on. People probably have heard us talk about it before. Um, very, very, very energetic spot, man. It's a big crystal uh, sitting on top of uh, Georgia there. So we're going to blast off our intent on what it is that we want to see. We've already done this before, had phenomenal results. We had a group of about 30, 40 people went up there, and they saw what came back in this reality. You know what I mean? Maybe toward the end of the show we can get into some of those correspondences that came back, right, uh, which is a trademark of what the priesthood does because we have mastered this science. And we're trying to get people to see the alternative to all the other aspects that they're approaching this reality from to know that you're going to have to get into the God force that's inside of you in order to see some change. So get to the website. Sign up today. Uh, tomorrow evening, we're having a webinar. So you go to the website, same website, www.myastrologycoach.com. Go to webinars. Uh, we're having a presentation. We did a meditation on the night of the Floyd Mayweather fight where we, where we chose specific imagery, ravens, full moons, et cetera, et cetera. This is a trademark galactic activation that we put together that we projected out into the cosmos, right, with the intent etc., etc. Many people participated. We're going to show you how in less than 10 minutes the corresponding agents came back in world news. See, everybody be talking about Tahuti this and we're the gods this, right? But they just keep it on paper. Or they keep it in a mental reservoir and so that they can have a dialogue about it. But nobody's showing and proving it, though. And, and I don't want to take that. Some people may be doing it, but it may be on a personal level. So people have been getting responses back when they do things on a personal level. But we've taken this bold step to say we know this science, and we're going to put it out on public display so that people can see that this is a real thing and it can be multiple witnesses because, remember, if you're the only witness, even though it may be true, and sometimes that's the only thing that counts is the internal witness so that you can know internally what's happening in your own personal space. But when you're talking about a remedy for a large group of people, you're going to have to have more than one witness. You're going to need at least two. And in our case, we've gone at sometimes 20, sometimes 30, sometimes 40, depending upon the number of the people that come out on these trips. And then we put these activations out publicly, and then when the results come back, we demonstrate it publicly to show you this is how it works, right? So tomorrow we're going to be demonstrating that, right? And it's, just, it's really not just for show. It's actual to show you the remedy for some of the situations that we have going on on a global level today, like the Mike Browns, right, like the uh, Freddie Grays, et cetera, et cetera. So Get over there, man, because we're going to demonstrate that tomorrow, and I'm telling you, it's going to be nothing short of phenomenal. So get over to the website, click on webinars, myastrologycoach.com, webinars, and participate, man, and, um, and see your glory. See what your mind, your thoughts are possible, uh, what the possibilities and, 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 and the level that you can get to when you start activating these principles inside of yourself, man. So get to the website for that. So we're going to get right into it tonight because, you know, Noble prompted me to do this show. He said, Jew, man, you got to do something, man. You got you to speak to the people, man, because, you know, I go on this page, man. I be dropping stuff, man, and, you know, it gets some, it gets some good responses back from the people, man. They want to know. 
like, what this dude Jew be on, man, right? And um, I said, well, cool, man. I do some on quantum scriptures, man, because I had touched on it before. But I'm going to get into this brain tonight because, see, when they tell you that the Christ was buried in Golgotha, right, the priesthood understands that these are, these are not secular stories. None of them are. These are metaphors, similes, parables, et cetera, et cetera, so that when you one day awaken out of this dream that you've been in, right, while consciously awake, might I add, right, you will start to see certain signs and symbols to let you know that you are coming out of the grave inside of your own skull. Because when you translate Golgotha, which is the place that the Christ was buried, it literally translates to the human skull. So when we put out the mystic brain workbook, it was for a reason. We were trying to get people familiar with these brain parts, specifically what goes on in the limbic brain, because this is where the Christ energy inside of you is entombed, right? So we're going to get into this tonight. <clears throat> I want to go to the 78th Psalm, right? And in this 78th Psalm, it's written by a gentleman named Asaph. This is the name that they give him in the biblical text. And this particular name's the recorder of history, someone who's recording history. Now, he starts off with, because this is going to lay the groundwork to show you that this whole thing is talking about something completely different. And if you're reading these texts as secular history, and then you're arguing about did this happen then, and did this happen then, you're going to always be in an argument with somebody trying to validate these points when this is talking about consciousness, states of consciousness right, that exist, that are eternal, that people slip in and slip out of all the time based upon what they're giving their attention to and their awareness to, right? So he says, give your ear, O my people, to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. And then it goes down a little bit, and he's, he's talking about some of the transgressions that the elders did, uh, teaching the children the ways of God, yada, yada, yada. But then the parables and the dark utterances that he's referring to, he starts talking about some of the things that happened in the book of Exodus. But he talks about them literally, right? He, he says he divided the sea, and he caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand up and heat. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with the light of fire. You know, he's, get, he's none of these things that he's speaking about, according to the way that it's written in the biblical text, he's not describing it in a parable-like way. He's describing it exactly as the way it happened when you read the quote-unquote miracles in the book of Exodus. So why would he say in the beginning, which is the historian and the recorder, somebody's trying to tell you that this whole thing is a parable, 
to get you to understand what is being hidden behind the language. And it's really not hidden once you translate it back into the organic text, but when you read it in the English version, it definitely becomes a parable, and you have to take your time out to comb through it and be a a diligent student to go back and research this stuff and translate these words so that you can see the picture from a much, much different vantage point. So if he's telling you from the jump street that these are parables, but then he goes into the story and he's repeating them just as the way they happen in the actual book of Exodus, then that would imply that the sayings themselves and the things that happened were actually parables. Okay? So you cannot take one word for granted when you're translating this thing because and let me give you an example. When he says, I'm going to utter dark sayings of old, right? In your mind, when you're thinking dark in English, you're thinking dark, no light, right? Or something that's going to be creepy or something that's going to be dangerous or destructive, right? You got over five to six different entries for the word dark. Even though you're reading it in English, as D-A-R-K, when you go look up all the different times that they use that same word, D-A-R-K, in the text, it has over six different definitions for one word based upon the context and the way it was used in the actual scripture. So when you see the word dark, you just cannot associate the traditional meaning of dark in English and try to give it a definition or a context when you're reading it in the English. You cannot do that. So they have um, they have one word that's spelled D-A-R-K, but actually translates to me to cure or to heal. You have another word, dark, that's spelled the same way in English that means to cover in the twilight. You have another word, D-A-R-K, in another part of the book that's the Hebrew word, Tosek, uh, which means death, destruction, or ignorance, or you have the word dark, the way that it is used in the 70s. For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, uh, you think we've gotten too Sorry about that. <clears throat> you have the, uh, in this particular stanza in the 78 Psalm, you have, uh, you have the word here is kidah, which means a puzzle, a trick, and a conundrum. So the state of consciousness, which is ASOF, which is a lot of people in the conscious community who are these masterful historians, right, that can tell you about everything that happened from 10,000 years ago all the way up to now, right, ASOF is that particular state that deals with the recording of data to bring it forth at a time where you can understand it later. But he's telling you they're dark, and the word dark translates to a puzzle or a trick. So he's telling you what I'm about to say is a parable. It is a, it is a puzzle. You're going to have to go in here and put the pieces together to really understand what's going on here. But then he goes into the text that would describe exactly how you saw it, 
And you're saying, well, how can this be a parable when this is actually what happened, Esau? So obviously, whatever happened is actually the parable. So moving forward, how does this deal with the brain, Minister Jew? How does it deal with the brain? In the book of Exodus, and I'm telling you this because this particular book is going to show, and by the way, it's your autobiography, people. The, the, the mystics, who, 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 the initial people who put this together were trying to tell you about yourself, and they personified it through characters and stories. You know why? Because man likes to learn in tales, and you can see it in today's world. People like to read more fiction than they do literal history. It is something about learning something in an allegory or a tale that excites the mind of man, okay? So when we're looking at Moses and Aaron, because this is the book that is going to tell you the things that will start to occur when you start to awaken from inside out, but it happens in Galgata, i.e. the skull of man. So when we look to Moses and Aaron, you got to remember in Exodus 4 and 16, the force that we call God is telling Moses, hey, look, dude, I told you, and I'm paraphrasing, I told you. And Moses was like, you know, man, you know, that's a bird, that's a big burden for me to carry. And he was like, man, I don't even know how to, I can't even speak well. Right? This is the initial point where the creator is engaging Moses to be the one to lead the people away from Pharaoh, which is another state of consciousness, which represents anybody who oppresses you, not an actual person. It is an oppressive force, right? He's, he's, Moses is like, I can't even speak well. He had a speech impediment. But then the creative force tells Moses, he says, this is what you have your brother for, Aaron. We're going to use him to do all the dialoguing for you. He's going to speak on your behalf. Now, wait a minute, because remember, it's a parable from the 78th Psalm dealing with the things that's happening in Exodus. The right brain, the right hemisphere in your brain does not deal with language. It deals with imagery, tone, shade, uh, uh, all these type of things that are non-linguistic. So when Moses is, when, it, when these people who brilliantly put this together in a story so that when you finally wake, awaken, you will say, God damn, it was there the whole time. But I'm thinking of this secular history and missed the whole goddamn point. So Moses represents the right hemisphere of the brain, which is the, the storehouse for um, all possibilities and probabilities that can take place in this particular reality. But then he said, well, go get your brother, which is Aaron, which will do the speaking for you, which is the left hemisphere of the brain. 
This is why Aaron was responsible for the ministry and the priesthood. Because the left hemisphere of this brain deals with all the linguistics and the language centers and dialogue and rationale. So they were trying to express to you, once you start to understand the dynamic and how these two hemispheres are to interact with one another, then you're on your way to what would appear to be miraculous things that you're able to do with your mind. This is the science. So, what we've been doing is demonstrating how you can project your sense of self on the right or in the right hemisphere of the brain, which they called Moses, right? That's what they, that's what they chose to personify this particular state of consciousness as, which means something to be drawn out of water. This is the definition for Moses or Moshe. It means to draw out of water. But you will understand that in order for this phenomenon for you to start to awaken or to happen, it has to happen in the limbic brain. And we associate different elementals with different circumstances and situations to understand things. So the limbic brain is where all of the emotional the feeling centers, because you have your amygdala inside of the limbic brain. When a person say, oh, man, you're just feeling that way, because you're, something is going off inside of this limbic brain. So you associate limbic brain with feelings and emotions, which we know is a corresponding agent to what? Water. When you're dealing with the moon, right, and astrology, governing bodies of water, right, this is, this is this is this is the this is the parable behind the names that are given out. So the sense of self on the right is separated from the sense of self on the left. This is what we have been demonstrating to the public with these galactic activations. When this happens, it is like a pruning effect. You begin to shut down the connections in your brain through the corpus callosum that actually keep the sense of self, one on the right and one on the left, from having a full-blown interaction. And how does this happen? Through intense prayer and meditation. This is how this happens. When this happens, the sense of self on the right projects itself out into the physical world. Why does this happen? Because the sense of self on the left is the dominant self. It is the one that we choose to rely on the most in this physical reality. Okay? So when, you, when the sense of self on the right disengages when it becomes separated in consciousness, when you're dealing with intense prayer or meditation, it will project itself into the external world as a spirit or a deity, a being, or what you perceive to be as God. The sense of self on the left is responsible for interpreting that sense of self once it appears to be a projection outside of the body. Hence, when people have these outer body experiences, the synapses that are connecting the right and the left hemisphere of the brain are being pruned, and they're able to have an experience outside of the body and still be conscious of it. 
So you wonder why Michael and Daniel and L keep popping up in these stories. Why? Because if the sense of self on the left is having to interpret the deity or the entity that is disconnected from the sense of self on the right, and the sense of self on the left deals with the language centers, linguistics, words, syntax, then inside of the story or the screen right that you have created, the best way for it to identify itself with its master who has created it and projected it out into the physical world is through think through linguistics and words. So now y'all know why Michael keeps showing up. Because we told y'all we're not playing anymore. We're taking this thing to the next level, right? Because this is real. This is the real mystery science right here, right? So let me explain to you what's happening when you're, when you're doing these things, prayer, meditation, right, when we do these galactic activations. You know when you have a problem, right, and you're going through it, your back is against the wall, right? And you completely have run out of logic. You completely ran out of reason, which is left brain function. You go to your God. You go pray. You go meditate. This is what you go do. What you are doing is You are, you, the left hemisphere of the brain becomes humbled by the right hemisphere of the brain in these moments because the right hemisphere is more complex and can pick up on more subtleties than the left hemisphere. So you are literally saying when you pray and you meditate, that I am giving the dominion of my logic and my reason up to a force that is beyond my puny logic and reasoning that I cannot use in a specific situation. You can go find this data. This right, this part that I'm talking about about the left and the right hemisphere. Because I said I'm going to give out sources tonight. Because I know we got the skeptics out there that think it's just some rhetoric. You can go read this data from people who actually research this and do experiments. A uh, gentleman by the name of McGillchrist and Ian, this was in The Master and His Emissary, produced by Yale University Press in 2009. Go look it up. So the right hemisphere of the brain comes online when you admit that there's nothing else you can do logically or rationally to solve a problem, which says indirectly, I am choosing to project the God force that's inside of me into this external world to give me an answer and collect the data so that later when I wake up or tomorrow, and you know how you just you pray on it and then you wake up and then all of a sudden it's, it's better than it was the day before and you somehow out of nowhere this, this, this epiphany comes about what you can do to make it better, Right? So, um, I give you some examples because this is a screen right. This is a screen right, and we are the directors of this movie. 
So they did a study where they took these people in a control group and said, listen, we want to see the effectiveness of prayer, right? And they gave, first is what they did. First they took, let's just say, a group of five people praying for 20 people in a hospital. They never introduced the people who prayed with the people who were being prayed for. They never showed them no images. They never gave nobody no name. They just said, hey, I want these five people to pray for these 20 people. Let's see how this works. Well, not surprisingly, nothing happened. Then they said, okay, let's go take these five people into this hospital and have them actually meet these people that they're going to do the praying for. Let's have them see their faces and assign names to faces that they're praying for. But the people who were being prayed for, even though they met this group of people, they never were told that they were going to be prayed for. They came in and act like they were just some uplifting people that come in and people who are sick, they just come in and talk to them, try to lift their spirits up, yada, yada, yada. But they never told them that they were a control group that were finna go back and pray for these people. Well, do you know what happened? After they got the imagery, because I already told y'all in several shows about the hippocampus, that's the power player in the game. When they got the imagery and associated names with the imagery, do you know what happened? Eleven measures of mental well-being for those people increased after they got the imagery and the names for the people who they actually prayed for. And you can go get this information. The people who studied this, his name was Olair, Olair, an experimental study of the, effect, of the effects of distant intercessory prayer in the name of the piece that it was written in was the Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine, November 1987. All right? So let's take it past mental suggestions where we're thinking it's just mental because they measured that based off these 11 different uh mental health things that they diagnose people with as far as depression and anxiety and et cetera, et cetera. Because what we've been telling you for the last three years is that your mind can move matter all the way down to human beings. And they will be doing things that they think is on their own volition, but you have dropped the seed. And then all of a sudden these people will converge in your movie to play their parts beautifully. Like we demonstrated last week on the radio show when I told y'all about Michaela Angela Davis and Michael Brown and Michael Haggerty and the young boy who got slapped by his mama was Michael Singer and the dude dancing in the street doing the Michael Jackson renditions. You will start to see all these people converging in on your imaginal act to play their part. See, we're moving matter over here at the priesthood in order to get things to change and shift and what sometimes appears to be negativity, it is needed for change to happen. You see? So let's go past the mental suggestions. They took another group, because I want to show you how this can affect physicality. Mental thoughts affecting physicality. In another study, they took some people to pray for some people who have bloodstream infections, right? 
And they did the same technique with these people. And they had another group of people who had bloodstream infections but who were not prayed for, for versus a group that was prayed for. This is what happened. The people who were prayed for a hospital stay was shorter, and the fevers and the duration of the fevers due to the bloodstream infections was significantly shorter and decreased. You can go study this. A guy named Lee Bobachi effects of remote retroactive intercessory prayer in the British Medical Journal. You can go read it yourself, right? So what motivates the outcome, Minister Jew? Why are you guys so confident in what you're saying? It's the one word. We have no doubt in our mind about what it is that we're doing. No doubt. No doubt. This is why a correspondence will come back in less than 10 minutes after you put the activation out. Because another key dealing with the sense of self on the left and right hemisphere of the brain, and they did a study with this to prove that where they actually separated the left and the right hemisphere by what is called the corpus callosum, and they, and they saw how these patients could either not name something but understand its function or understand its function and could remember his name, which suggests that it was consciousness always going on in both hemispheres of the brain. However, when they're not connected, they cannot fuse with one another to make a complete synopsis of what is actually taking place. So well, what they found out was the more intense the meditation and the more intense the prayer and the more intense the faith, it increases the velocity of the outcome of the sense presence or the being or spirit that's external in your reality, which is really your own self being projected out into the physical world. So they want to know what motivates the outcome. It's faith. Now, let me show y'all how this works. It's a brain part called the ventricle medial prefrontal cortex. I repeat it, the ventricle medial prefrontal cortex. This is the part of the brain that's, that's the BS radar. It knows when it's being, you know, lied to. It, it, is, the, it is the part of the brain that it says, I know when it's the truth, man, right? It, 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 it goes off. It's activated when it feels like the truth is being told to it, right? And they did another study where they took a group of people who had so much faith in their pastor that he can lay hands on them, that this actual ventricle medial prefrontal cortex shut down in these people. Now, it's interesting, right, because what this is suggesting is that 
when it's enough faith being projected into something, right? Because this part, remember, the prefrontal cortex is dealing with your reasoning ability, right? So this is all your beliefs based upon what you've garnered and learned from past experience and what you've created in your everyday awareness about what you think is true and not based upon whatever resource that you had to come to that point in your logic. It is suggesting that if you move past that part that likes to disbelieve, right, about the, the probabilities of your own mind, logic cannot override that, and you will get a response. Now, I know some people are like, oh, man, do you tripping? You mean to tell me not to have no logic and no reasoning? No, I want to make this point clear tonight. In the world of Caesar, logic and reason is absolutely king, and it is necessary. It is very, very necessary, and I'm a Gemini. That band of life is the core of my being. Now, to a, to a gun-hole astrologist, they will say, that's blasphemy. A Gemini talking like this? You see? So what happens is this empowers the right hemisphere of the brain because we're talking about intercession from the highest aspect of your consciousness, which is awakening as God in the human body and being able to manipulate Nature and matter with the power of your mind. But it calls for you to disassociate with left hemispheric uh, 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 tendencies when this is what you're doing. So when you're not dealing with your God body work, then you go back to regular scheduled program. But when we're talking about changing things on a level of the world, for people under oppression. And see, this is why I say this. See, because when I look at some of the reasoning, I have to question the logic. On one hand, right, we'll say, because this, this, this is in the response to all of the things that people say, this is what we need to do. On one hand, they say, brother, we need to fight. We need to, and I'm not knocking none of this because I understand where it's coming from, but I'm just, I'm just, Using this as an example. Brother, we need to fight. We need to pick up the guns, right? But then the logic part of yourself will say, well, damn. We don't make the guns, nor do we make the bullets. And somehow you're defying the logic when you start talking that way when the police task force show up with, 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 with gas masks, shields from top to bottom, Big machine Rambo guns, all of that goes out of the window. Check. Right? And then and then we'll say this. Well, the whole system is corrupt, brother. And we can't get no justice in no courtroom. Right? They're not going to give us no justice. You know? Or it's a conspiracy because, you know, they indicted those cops. 
That's not why they really did it. They just did it to get you to do this, brother. And then they tell you about, well, we're going to courtroom and do this, but then turn around and say how the system is corrupt. But now you're going to go into the same system that you have identified as corrupt, that you have identified as putting some form of oppression or dis, dis, uh, disproportionate justice, uh, uh, unnecessary treatment amongst, amongst a specific state group of people or a state of consciousness is what I would rather like to call it. And then you think that you're going to go in there with that? See, so you have to really question your own logic. And see, we read all of these books, right, these holy books, the Bible, the Quran. We get into the hieroglyphs and the pyramid text and the coffin text, right? And at the core of these holy books is God or the force that we call in God. And I don't want to get into the wordplay. And all that, you know, it's a Germanic word. No, I ain't getting all that. I, I'm talking about the function. I'm not talking about the word. The function, the force, the principles in the universe that actually keep this thing binded together like glue, which is subatomic particles that you cannot see. So when they come telling you about, oh, man, you know, something, you know, it's a spook. You can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now listen, those are people who have become engulfed in left brain act, uh, activity. Because the truth of the matter is, the very building blocks that build up what you can see are invisible. Tell them to bite them apples. And the create shun is not greater than the create tor. So invisible forces. Make up what's visible. So don't tell me about nothing that you can't see that does not impact or cannot impact this reality. So at the core of all of these holy books is man invoking the God force within them. And I'm convinced that they're not reading these texts. Because if you read them, it clearly says, do you not realize that the Christ energy is in you? And when you understand that it is a parable, you would know that what they're talking about coming from out of the sky is actually you being birthed from above out of your own goddamn fornix in your brain that the medical dictionary actually calls the vault. That is the medical dictionary that they have given the term for the fornix in the brain is the vault. And don't you keep precious things inside of a vault? which solves the whole riddle of Nicodemus dealing with the birth from above when he's, when he's told no man can get into heaven unless he's birthed from above. But when you get into the anatomy of the body that you'll see is a fornix located in two places, one inside of your skull, the other one inside of woman in her vagina. So you were laid out masterfully, and when you awaken, you will understand exactly what's going on. Not the birth from below, the physical birth, because a man doesn't have a fornix in his reproductive organs, only the woman. But we all have a fornix inside of our brain. So every woman, every child born of woman is this spitting image of God that died when they came into this world. 
So, what the priesthood is saying is you have to have faith and charge your acts with that energy in order to get it to come back into this reality. Because in Hebrews 11 and 6, it clearly tells you without faith, it is impossible to please him. And they're talking about the force that utilizes the right hemisphere of the brain. That's why when you're going through the whole book, everything is to the right. And the Christ cast the net to the right side of the boat. And the mercy seat sat on the right side of the Ark of the Covenant. Everything's always the right. And the cherubim sat on the east side of the garden. You see? So you're, you're, they, they were, it was a parable. It was a puzzle. You have to be wise enough to be able to put it together, but it is a saying that goes, truth told in a tale shall enter in at lonely doors. There'll be nobody there to receive it because it was told in the tale and everybody thought it was hogwash and garbage and they wanted no parts of it. So when it finally showed up to be received with the big pretty bow tie on it, it was nobody at the door to take the package. You see? So, moving forward, I'm going to tell you what shuts you down. Why you will not internalize this God for us. And it's easy. It's one word. It's called skepticism. This is what shuts down the ability for you to do what looks like mystical acts. Okay? There are two areas that deal with disbelief, and they're both in the limbic brain. One is the cingulate gyrus, and the other is the anterior insula. And this is what these two parts do. They report pain and disgust. So, like I said, I sympathize because I know why you can't get to this higher proponent or state of consciousness. It's because the acts that have either been committed to you or people who you care for or people who look like you has put you in a traumatized state, fearful, pain, and a bunch of disgust. It shuts it down. And then they thought I was tripping on Brother Rick's show on the Underground Railroad when I tried to tell y'all about the laws of the quantum and observation and what to be looking at and what not to be looking at because I'm dealing with it on a subatomic level. You see? So, so, and you can get this information. Mark Wheeler, different areas of the brain that respond to Belief, Disbelief, and Uncertainty, published by the UCLA Newsroom, December 11, 2007. Go look it up. So, let's take it back to the scripture, minister. Because remember, I had to take y'all into the brain right fast to get you to understand the components of what's going on in these activations. And 
I had to show you Moses and Aaron. See, me and my homie ride like brothers. Noble and poor minister Jew. You see one, you see the other. You hear from one, you hear the other. Right? We always dialoguing about the God force. Right? So we always get these magnificent correspondences back. Right? Like you might see on this page, we talking about 7-Eleven and stomp. The stump out, the stump off, and ATL. And then these license plates pop up all over, around my man over and poop 7-Elevens everywhere. 7-Elevens everywhere. Why? Because he's projected it out of his right hemisphere and it shows up as a sign and as a symbol so that the left brain can interpret in his immediate environment to let him know that, yes, this is you, which is the confirmation in the check to keep it moving. You see? So when we look into these scriptures, and hold for one second, y'all. When we look into these scriptures, I'm going to show you again how these five senses limit you from understanding your potential as God in the physical body. I'm going to show you how. You see, if you remember the story of Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and the mother wanted Jacob to get the birthright, right? Esau was the hairy one, right? Isaac was blind. He's in his tent, right? So the mama said, look, man, you're going to go out here. You're going you're gonna to slaughter this animal. We're going to put this fur on you. You're going to go in here. You're going to trick your old man. He's going to give you the birthright because he's going to think that you Esau, right? And when Jacob went in there, Isaac said, ah, you have the voice of Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Because he said, come here, let me touch you. Let me feel after you. This is very important. They were trying to tell you the key component, how to activate your imagination to create events in this world. See, he disallowed all his other senses, right? They were showing you how they were shut down because he couldn't see one sense, right? He, he allowed his hearing to, even though he know he heard Jacob, he allowed that to override. Even though he know he heard Jacob, boy, he said, oh, well, no, I don't mean nothing either. It wasn't until he decided to feel Right, which is the play on the internal feeling. How do you feel on the inside about what it is that you're seeing in your mind's eye? Is it real to you there? And the sense that allows us more than anything to know if something is real or not in this physical reality is to put your damn hands on it, to touch it. So they were trying to tell you that this is how you have to activate. You have to go past your normal sensory perceptions about life and reality to become God by understanding how the imagination and feelings actually work. So 
How did this manifest, though, Jew? How did this manifest? In the book of Exodus, right, after they get freed up, right, and and mind you, and I'm, I'm going to show you, you know, because people be like, oh, man, you know, that's magic. And yada, yada, yada. Let me tell you something, man. That's the whole display that got the people of Israel, which is another state of consciousness. I don't want you to stop associating groups of people with these states, right? When you do, when you understand that, um, what happens is you'll see that they were trying to convey to you what forces would be present when you start to remove yourself from these left hemispheric activities when you're trying to invoke the God force in this reality, right? So, so through the whole scenery, you keep seeing these magical acts being displayed, rods turning into serpents and frogs and lice and blood river. You see all these mystical acts taking place. And then people who have been on these trips with the priesthood, we have demonstrated this publicly where we've been in the midst of fog and thick cloud cover before we're doing our ceremonies. And then we do these meditations and get into these banishing rites. And then all of a sudden, Every inch of fog and cloud has dissipated, and the sun is out. And it was so real in the spring while we were in Daytona Beach. Let me tell y'all how that happened. After we came out of the meditation, it was only our section on the entire beach who, who had blue skies and sun. If you looked immediately to the left and to the right, the fog was still there. It, it had to be maybe about, I would say, about 70 yards going from left to right where the sky was actually clear and just that location where we were at, beaming that laser of electronic energy out into the cosmos in order to open up for us so that we can do what we was doing down there. And you can say it's BS, but I got witnesses that participated. Aldo, Lisa, right? Darwin, his children, uh, 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 Leo, Patrice, Tamika, they all participated in that function and they saw it with their own eyes. So, inside of the story, in Exodus, you have Moses getting the people out and they're wandering in the wilderness, right? And all of a sudden, this wild boy named Amalek comes running over the hill to engage in warfare with these Israelites. What were they trying to tell you? Who's Amalek? Matter of fact, Amalek is, he, this is brethren. He, this is actual brethren. This is the descendant of Esau, right? He's fighting amongst his own brethren, 
but you will understand the parable and the puzzle when you start breaking the names down of the characters so that you can understand the state of consciousness or the mental function that they're trying to tell you what will happen when you start to disengage from Pharaoh or from the oppressor or from the oppressive side of the brain that does not want you to step into that type of reality. His name is Amalek, which is the direct descendant of Esau. But Esau was salty because the birthright got taken away from him by Jacob when he got tricked, when Isaac got tricked out with the, with the, with the sheepskin. See? So you are who your fathers were, and you're here to avenge your father's betrayal, even though it's brethren. Same thing with Cain and Abel, etc. They're trying to give you these different states, so you keep wondering why you keep seeing these tandems and these brothers, etc. Different story, same moral to the story. Right? So what happens is Amalek comes down over the mountain and they send Joshua, which is the same thing as Yeshua, Jesus, Joshua, same entity, just in two different parts of the book. One is in the old, one is in the new. But same force that they're trying to explain to you about, this is the, this is the force that you're going to have to use to combat the left hemisphere which is the part of you that is able to think fourth dimensionally outside of space and time. But you will be met with your opposition. Your reason and your logic will want to kick in and tell you you're tripping. Oh, that would have happened anyway. It would, that would have, you would, what you mean you've made that happen? That would have happened anyway, even if you wouldn't have did it. Don't you, that, you know, that's what will start creeping into your mind. It would try to it will try to force you to think that you're not act, activating or accessing the higher parts of your consciousness and moving into a different state where you're allowed to perceive different levels of information and downloads. So, so Joshua has, Moses sent Joshua and he said, you got to fight him. And then Moses is sitting up there with Aaron and Hur and they're holding his hands up and they're holding his rod up as they get as they get into this humbug, right? But see, this is the deal. Sure, which is a character in the text in Exodus, and Aaron are given the instruction to deal with the people in the ministry. While Moses is the one that's always going off into the mountain to get the direction, and then he brings it back to them, and then they give it back to the people, right? And it's a whole other science about mountains and, and, and negative ions, but I ain't going to get into all that tonight because that's a real phenomenon too because the hippocampus becomes active when you get in those type of settings and environments. So what happens is, you have to look up sure. What does sure mean? Who is this character? Do you know when you translate sure back into the Hebrew, it comes out to mean a prison cell? Like I'm locked up, Akon, right? So they're trying to convey something to you here through the personification of these characters about different states. What happens is this. The left hemisphere is where your restriction is at. And I'm not, and I don't want to make it seem like it's bad because 
you need logic and reason here. Like, you have to have it. But when we're talking about invoking a God force to do something otherworldly, like manipulate, not manipulate, but to, in, to infuse our intent with elemental forces like fire, water, air, etc., etc., in order to bring havoc down here, right? Because, see, either you're going to do something or you're not. And sometimes it had to get ugly before it get pretty. And then Marcus Garvey come and tell you, look for me in the whirlwind, and niggas just think that's just, he's just, he's just talking. No, light is intelligent. It's intelligent. And the, all the way down to that water and that earth and that fire is composed of subatomic particles, which is light particles. So when you become conscientious of this, you're able to fuse your intent with those forces. Like in the movie V for Vendetta, remember, remember the 5th of November when, that, when the young lady was being held captive and she didn't know that all she had to do was get up and walk out of the door. And when she realized that it was V who had done it the whole time, she had an epiphany to go out and get in the rain. And then she opened up her arms and she said, God is in the rain. Just like V found out because he survived a, a terrible fire even though it, it, it seemed to be horrific, that was his moment of enlightenment when he understood that God is in the fire. You see? So, uh, so anyways, and here's the science behind it, right? What happens is, and I, I want to explain this, right? There's something called the binding factor inside of your brain that is regulated by the thalamus. And the thalamus is responsible for synthesizing the sense modules, right, and bringing it all together in a cohesive way to, to give you a full impact of your experience from moment to moment, dealing with what you're seeing, touching, et cetera, feeling, et cetera, et cetera. And this binding factor is regulated by the thalamus, and it runs from the back of the brain to the front of the brain 25 times in one second. But it also, the thalamus also picks up on your thoughts, and how you're emotionally feeling. I told you you're not going to be able to get away from this feeling, right? And what happens is, as this energy is oscillating back and forth in your brain 25 times a second, what happens is it is monitoring, it is not monitoring, it is creating the specific state of consciousness that you're in from day to day. So if you're doing the same thing every day, you're going to be in the same state of consciousness for the most part, unless you decide to change what you're doing and most importantly, what you're thinking and what you're feeling is what allows you to change states of consciousness. Now, We've established that the thalamus is dealing with your five senses, bringing them all together in a central location. 
right? Inside of your brain and the tissues of your brain, you have traces of magnetite. Magnetite. Magnetite is also found in the electromagnetic spectrum. Okay? This binding factor has a connection with the magnetic fields around your head, okay, that's dealing with these downloads and these states that you find yourself in in waking moments. Now, it's interesting that this binding factor is only there in waking states of consciousness, also when you're asleep and you're dreaming, but if you're dreaming, I mean, but if you're asleep and you're not dreaming, this binding factor isn't there. In other words, if there's no consciousness or sense of being or self, it is not responding. This, this, this state, these, the state that you're in cannot pick it up because you're not there. So, so what's interesting to note is that when you start doing practices like the galactic activations that we prescribe and do and show and prove, or when you get into intense modes of prayer, or when you get into intense levels of meditation, the binding factor that keeps you locked down in a specific state of consciousness where you're not able to pick up on these subtleties and these other libraries of information where you can start stepping into your godhood to be able to manipulate this reality, right? The binding factor cannot resist it. Meditation and intense prayer actually slow down, mute, and interfere with the binding factor that the thalamus is generating. Okay? So now, we talked about the senses being the prison cell for you here. It's just what keeps you locked down into this 3D reality. Sorry if you don't like it, but it is what it is. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying what it is. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how you're constituted in this visible spectrum of life. Okay. But that don't mean that you can't access different states of consciousness while in this visible spectrum of life. doesn't mean that. So if the thalamus is regulating your sense modules, right, but the binding factor, which is regulated by the thalamus, is shut down when you start getting into this prayer, into this meditation, that will allow you to go into different states of consciousness. And I'm not talking about taking no drugs or eating no mushrooms. I ain't talking about none of that. You ain't gotta, that's not a prerequisite for this. All you have to do is be disciplined enough to do these things regularly enough where this binding factor has to slow down and become muted in order for you to get into higher states of perception and what is possible for you in this 3D reality. So if we notice, when we go look at the mathematics, 1,000 milliseconds divided by 25 times per second, which is the rate and the force that the binding factor is moving from front to back, back to front in the brain, scientists call this the... Um, 
what do they call it? They call it the 40 hertz component. Because when it's oscillating at its speed, they saying this is the this is the energetic expression that's being let off as these 40 hertz. So now, let me show you how wise the mystics were. Because we're dealing with a binding factor that's keeping you locked down based upon your sense modules that won't allow you to step into higher understandings and higher frequencies of light so that you can create circumstances and events in this world. And if we all get together and do it at the same time, we know that when electrons get hot or stimulated at the same time, focusing on the same thing, they produce what science calls lasers. So when all of us get together and start practicing these things, we create big, strong lasers, and we can aim it at whatever target we want to. I'm just saying. But see, we read all these texts, and then we turn into Asaph, the historian, and we don't deal with the high science of it all. And then we start saying, that's impossible. You're tripping I'm saying, but yet we're supposed to be so indigenous and you know, and so this and so that. But when we start talking about these type of forces and things being real that move through us as the conduits and the vessels, then we want to disassociate ourselves from that because we, cause we don't want to look like we, you know, we don't want to really look like we really indigenous or black, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know, whatever. We got to look like we just the smartest of the smart, and this is logic, brother. See. So, and ain't nobody bringing nothing new to the table, man. Nothing new. I guarantee you this is the first time you heard any of this tonight, or most of it. And we got to show and prove. We're going to show you tomorrow night. So y'all need to make sure that y'all be there, man, because we're going to demonstrate this tomorrow, man, especially the people who participated in it. And even if you didn't participate in it, but you want to see it for yourselves, get to MyAstrologyCoach.com webinars. Click on that thing and be there tomorrow night, man. I promise you it's going to be off the chain. So if we notice it's going on in the brain, these 40 hertz, and they're telling you that you have to disassociate yourself from the binding factor, which is these 40 hertz, now do you understand why Moses went on the mountain for 40 days and for 40 nights? Do you understand the codex that's being described to you because Moses is the right hemisphere of the brain, that when you start dealing with meditation and prayer, this is the side of the brain that becomes active and the hippocampus and the amygdala on the right start to exchange this energetic dialogue in the right hemisphere of the brain? So the mystics were already aware of this 40 hertz phenomenon, and they put it in a way where they told you, you have to go off and be at this pace and break this pace. And when you come out of this 40, when you come out on your 41st day, you will get the cognition and the, and the suggestion from your higher self so that you would know how to deal with things in this reality. This is the science, people. You see? So, um, you know, so that's, that's, that's really the gist of it, man. Um, 
and, and you know, it's it's much more, but I don't want to overload this thing, like, because I just said enough and a lot tonight. And, um, you know, I just feel like we have to do something different. We're not doing anything unique. We're not coming from an angle that has not been inflicted yet, where it's not obvious of what's going to happen. And then when we do try these other things that may seem new, we run into obvious roadblocks. But I'm going to tell you this, the priesthood is ready. And we've been showing this for years and been demonstrating it for years. And our, our force is strong enough to create events in the world news, but we want the people to participate to make it stronger, make it more effective, like the hundredth monkey effect. What happens when thousands of us are doing this together at the same time? And all of his establishments are crumbling to the ground. And nobody knows who's doing it because we're dealing with Tahuti or the mental state, the invisible force. You don't know who's inflicting it. You're doing it from a level of the unseen in your own imagination, creating aspects, connecting the dots in order to make things materialize in this reality. But when you read, um, I think it's Jeremiah, where he, when he, when he, when he's told to come down to the potter's house, or the potter's wheel, like Patai and the potter and drafting man out of the clay or the earth and yada, yada, yada. But when you get over into the biblical text and you start translating these words, when you get over here to the potter and he says, I am the potter, your Lord, this is, this is the God force, right, that somebody is describing because they went through the experience once they reached that level of what they call Christ consciousness and don't get caught up on the names. That's just what we call it in today's time. We could switch the name and call it whatever, but it's still the same goddamn function. So I ain't going to be playing these word games. It's still the same function. See what I'm saying? So uh, the deal is when you're told that in that particular stanza that I am your potter, I am the Lord, when you translate potter, do you know potter translates into the imagination? But you're thinking it's somebody sitting there with some clay on a potter's wheel. But when you translate the word to what it means in the original text, it translates to the word imagination. And this is why I'm so big on it, because I know for a fact through my own personal experiences that it's real. And you, and you can't deny it when you start to look at everything in your immediate environment and you can't name one thing in it that did not first come out of the imagination of a man or a woman. I don't care what it is. You try to name it. Chair, clock, watch, microwave, uh, toilet, fish tank, I don't care, computer. You try to name one thing that was not first in the invisible world of a man or a woman's in the imagination, and I'll give you every dime that I got. You can't even tell me a word that did not first come out of the imagination of a man or a woman. Because like Noble Ampoo said, if it wasn't brought forth into existence yet, it had to come out of somebody's imaginal mind to even make it be part of the physical world as a word. You see? So this is the gist of it, man. And, um, you know, we have to be ready, man. 
we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. Uh, we have to get into this thing, man. But uh, let me see here. What we got. Let me see. <clears throat> so yeah, man. So that's that's pretty much the gist of it, man. I'm, I'm gonna conclude there. Uh, but <clears throat> I want y'all to be there tomorrow night, man. Tell a friend. Bring bring a friend. Bring somebody who's inquisitive and their mind is open um, so that they can view it and see it, man, and, and participate in it because um, we got some major things coming up, man, in the near future. And there's going to be some phenomenal work done by the priesthood, I'm telling you. It's coming. Anything we put our mind to, we're going to manifest it. Um, and uh, so that's pretty much it, man. Uh, we got We got about 30 minutes left. I guess I can take a couple calls, man, so uh, anybody got any questions, feel free to press 1, and I'll let you in into, uh, I see you in the call queue, and I'll open your line up. Okay, I think I got a caller here. Uh, caller from the 404-552, peace, you live and on the air. Jew boy, shalom, shalom. Peace, God. What's happening? How are you, King? I'm doing great, man. Man, I didn't get to hear the whole show, but what I heard was phenomenal, man. The people need it, man. I think, I think, I think they're ready. They're coming into the realization that it's something more, and the priesthood de- definitely has it for them, you know. And I'm just privileged to be a brother of yours, man, you know, and we share and swap information and talk and build. And the information you and I Poo have is phenomenal, man. And I think that, you know, we got we to gotta bring it out to the forefront and allow these people to see that we definitely have the things that it takes to survive, you know. Because sometimes we take the law, um, um, we understand the law from the physical aspect, but we don't understand the metaphysics of it which connects us to the creator that we speak, and it gives us the ability to create our own reality, like you said, you know? And I think it's time mm-hmm. for us to take it to that level, man. And I appreciate you, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. For, th- for those that don't know, this is the brother Nasi. Been doing phenomenal work, man, in the community. Um, look the brother up, man. Uh, he, he He's a phenomenal brother, man. He got... Pl- Man, let them know what you got out, man. Let them know the books you got out. Let them know where they can find it. Let them, let them know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I got a book called The Ancient Science of Love. Um, and also I got a book called Potashat Noah, which deals with the metaphysical med- meditation of Noah and how uh, symbolically and allegorically it tells you how to meditate on different frequencies. And it also touches on the 40, you know, because, you know, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. So what you're speaking on today, the phenomenon of what you're speaking on today, is also touched on in the book, you know. And um, uh, I got the new new book coming out, um, um, The Queen's Sacrifice, which is dealing with the sacrifice of our women to support our men. And also, you know, you, you got a couple of uh, features in that book, you know, so... We working together and definitely building, man. And um, what people don't know, man, the salvation is here. You know, Israelites on the front line, Hebrews on the front line, and uh, brothers that know the scriptures, especially like yourself, and we're in doubt and, and, and teaching these people. We we gonna bring it to another level. And the time has come. All right, man. That's what it is, man. We appreciate you, Nazi, for calling in. Uh, anybody else, man, got their hand up? Nazi, I'll get up with you in a minute, man. Peace, King. I appreciate you calling no, in. No, Shalom, King. Peace. 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 Peace
Peace. All right. Anybody else, man? Um, anybody else got their hand up? Press one, and we'll let you uh, we let you in here, man. Anybody else? And any questions, comments? Um, they want to get in here, man. Feel free to press one. You know, feel free to press one, man. Um, man, you know, we got some work coming up, man. Stay abreast, stay with us. Meet us at the summer solstice, too. We're going to be down in um, Shasta. We're going to Shasta this summer solstice, man, uh, out in California. And we plan on putting in some phenomenal work out there in June. So visit the website, too, man, under retreats, man. If you can make it out to Mount Shasta, California, big-time crystalline vortex, man. Go read about the experiences people have at Shasta, letting off that universal own sound. Get there. Uh, rock with the priesthood, man. We're going to be having a workshop, um, dealing with a lot of stuff that I spoke about tonight, uh, maybe even getting into some techniques and some practices and stuff like that. So uh, if you can, man, get out to Cali. Cause that's what we're gonna be for the summer solstice. Uh, hold on here. I think I got a caller from the six one five five nine three. Peace. Hi, Ampoo. How are you? This is Teresa. Peace. This is Teresa. Hey. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? This is Jew. This is not Ampoo. This is Minister Jew. Oh, hi, Minister Jew. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Um, you had mentioned something going on tomorrow, but I didn't catch the details of that. Can you explain what's going on? Yeah, Teresa, tomorrow we're having a um we're having a, a online webinar where we're gonna we did the meditations based off a lot of the information that I spoke about tonight. And um we wanna show people how powerful the mind is and how you can project your thought, um and it'll come back in this reality as a physical event. And uh, when we understand in science, um, you know, it's nothing that we can't do. It's nothing that we can't manifest in this physical world. And uh, we also want to mm -hmm. show how this is the, the actual Ark of the Covenant is in your brain. It's inside of your mm -hmm. brain, in the right hemisphere of your brain. And when we, and when we activate it, um, we can use it in these trying times when we're dealing with these Mike Browns or these Freddie Grays etc., etc. So tomorrow we're going to be demonstrating how we put out that activation that Saturday night when the fight was going on. We did it specifically on that day for a specific purpose because there was a lot of energy floating around in the ethers because people had their emotions aroused and heightened, and that's the perfect time to cast your intent. And we're going to show you how it came back into this reality, man, and uh, it's going to be a phenomenal presentation. So you just go to the website, myastrologycoach.com, um, and you go to webinars on the, on the website, and you'll see it. It's called The Stomp Off, and uh, we're going to be explaining it. It's going to be tomorrow, Saturday, tomorrow evening, uh, I think like 8 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, East Coast time, 8 or 9 o'clock tomorrow, East Coast time. So appreciate to see you there, Teresa, if you can make it. Okay. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right. We got another caller here from the nine seven three six hold on let me see. Nine seven three six nine nine. 
Peace. You live and on the air. Peace, my brother. Brother James here. James, how you doing, you sound, man? I'm great, man. I'm great, and you sound good, brother. You sound like you're very well informed, but I really appreciate, you know, your projection, your work, and all that energy you're putting out, brother. This is a, this this is a brand new, um, brand new day for me, brother, because you brought to fruition a lot of, a lot of things that I've been struggling with over the years, and um. I feel like they have came to fruition to a degree tonight. tonight. And I really appreciate you, brother. Hey, man, James, I appreciate you. Early on, man, when I got into this work, man, brother James called me, and he allowed me to express my creative abilities um, through some circumstances that he had going on. And I just appreciate it, man, you know, you know, the growth, people actually being there, man, in the time when you're growing and you're stepping into the liveliness of your craft, and um, I just appreciate it, man, for being there, and um, likewise, brother. Thank you, brother. Keep moving. All right, man. Okay, man. We'll see you, we'll see you soon. Peace. All right, man. Anybody else, man, uh, and any questions, you know, feel free to press 1. Comments, you know, they want to add to the bill, feel free to add to the bill. Um, you know, you know, the priesthood, we like we like to share spotlight. So anybody got any questions or they want to add to the bill, they might have saw something these last couple weeks or they want to add on to the dialogue, man, press one. See nobody, man. Um, no, I see you in the queue, man. You want to come in here, man, and ask something, man? Let's see. Open the door. Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. What's good, man? Okay, man. What's what's happening, man? Man, it's all good, what's man. Happening? I'm trying to fall back and let people get on the line before I, before, I, before I get the you know rambling or something, man. But you know, man. Powerful, powerful thing, man, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pull on you next week to do something on the inconsistencies of the psychology, and keep you on this keep you on this roll for a minute because that, that's something we definitely gotta people gotta hear that that aspect. And um, what I'm talking about, y'all, is really is is a, uh, me and this cat, man. It's like it's like it's a it's a walking Zohar type of thing that's taking place where we have these numerous conversations. And um, he, he mentioned a piece that deals with the inconsistencies in the human psychology and, and, and how you attract one thing, and the next thing you know, you attract something that's totally opposite. And you had this, this teeter-totter in your life, you know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's based off the inconsistent um, thought patterns that you have and the inconsistent um, self-dialogue that you have with yourself, you know what I'm saying? One minute it's this, and the next minute it's something totally opposite, and you didn't have all these inconsistencies. So, and, you know, definitely going to uh, build on that, man, hopefully next week. But, um, man, yeah, man, if y'all around, man, definitely tune in um, tomorrow night, man. Go to myastrologycoach.com, hit the events tab. Um, you see online presentation and webinars. Um, we're going to really go in um, on um, actually showing you the proof on how your collective thoughts in this reality um, will come back. You can cast a thought out there, and you can watch it come back into this reality. 
and um, uh, it's very, very, uh, it's innovative. You know what I'm saying? The best thing is just new. You know what I'm saying? This ain't relying on nothing of old per se like that. It's, 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 it's showing you how to project a signal out and your thought will take on the form of another human being will pick it up and they will walk it out for you in a sense. And um, it's just a beautiful display of the power of God and the power of the human mind. So we're going to show you this work. And, it, you know, it really started, in essence, it started, and I always start with the same thing. And I'm going to start like that just for the newbies. But it all started on December 31st, 2010. <laughs> it, it just, it was a kickoff. And, um, you know, from literally doing meditations and the next thing you know, the news is reporting that the polls is shifting and, Airports have to shut down, and, you know, you go to Serpent Mound, and four days later, snakes end up missing out of the Bronx Zoo. The Egyptian cobra end up missing and whatnot. It's just all this phenomenon. You do a meditation because the the moon is in Leo, and and, in Leo, we know in Hebrew corresponds to the letter Tet, which is the ninth letter. So then you get creative with the energy and you say, well, listen, this is called the serpent's moon. Bump the Leo moon. Let's put a little twist to it. And it's the serpent's moon. And you concentrate on the serpent. And then a few days later, uh, a couple's driving down the highway. And then a snake comes out, out from under the hood up on the windshield. And they put it on camera. And it makes world news. And, you know, they're leaving. Um, they're leaving, I believe it's called Marrakesh. Tennessee, and they're on their way to Memphis, which is Minnefer, which is Egypt. See, one thing I'm going to say about this, man, is, 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 and my man Nasi called in, uh, we got the Hebrew and the Egyptian science intertwined. That's one thing, bro. And, and, and do me, do me that favor, Nasi. You know what I'm saying? If you're still on the line, you know, be able to communicate that back to that, Joe, because, see, the thing is this, man. If if ain't nobody going to kill nobody and stop nobody from talking what they talking, then we wasting our times to a degree. In, in, in the sense of if you're going to focus on what some call Edomites or what some call Babylon or whatever we want to call an old established structure that's there, you know what I'm saying, where our chief, we know where our chief focus need to be, you know what I'm saying? So we have to look at the fact of, of the, the, the creator is so wise and so intelligent that it's going to morph itself into a new ideology, a new theology, because everybody's going to agree that they God ain't dead. Everybody's going to say that they God is alive. So therefore, if your God is alive, but that doctrine of what you know from the old school, whether it be Kemet, whether it be China, whatever, if it ain't the main doctrine of the land right now, you have to be clever enough to find your God inside of the story because everybody is believing in the same one God. So your God takes on different forms in the times that we're in to get you the message and whatnot. So we have to marry these certain principles, and it's just real ironic that, you know, from the Egyptian aspects, these dudes um, historically done some great things from the magical aspect with heavy, deep into star science, heavy, deep in ceremonial Things like you mean Minister Juice say all the time, these dudes, they wore a mask on their face. You know what I'm saying? They had a statue of a dog or a mask of a dog on their head doing funeral rites and Ibis birds and everything. You know what I'm saying? So it was heavily rich in um, symbolism and whatnot. 
And when you get to the when you get to you know when you get to the the Hebrew aspect, like the minister said one time in conversation, the, the Hebrew uh, personified God. It took it off the form of the walls and took it out of animals and took it out of archetypes and put it inside of man himself. So the the continuation of the evolution of consciousness called God will always continue to live on, no matter what system you come up with, right? So when we look at the when we look at two two things I'm looking at in particular, mainly the Egyptian aspect and the Hebrew aspect. Both of these are um both of these are cultures that dealt heavy with, with the snake symbolism. You know what I'm saying? One people had snakes on the crown and another story goes Moses casts his you know, he casts his rod on the ground and it turns into a snake. But in the meantime, that's a historical thing and we look in and we thinking that it's two thousand years ago Four thousand years ago, whatever, and we we understand that yes, Kundalini energy is something that's inside of the body, it's life force. But at the same time, you can actually enact those principles and you will live it out today. So when we see something like yo, let's go to Serpent Mound, and you know that that's what Jacob was meeting with Laban at in the Old Testament. Let's meet at the mound, bro, and have a conversation about what we gonna do, so I can go on about my business with your daughters, aka my wives. So they met, they met at a mound. So when you come over here in the Western world, what we call America, and you touch these mounds, which are pyramid-shaped, some of them are pyramid-shaped, but they geomagnetic, what we call anomalies, which is just an extra force of geomagnetic activity and whatnot, and, um, you know, to amplify your thoughts, basically, from these particular portals on the ground. You go to Serpent Mound, then the snake going to come up missing up out of New York, an Egyptian cobra. So it's going to show you, it's going to show you that, okay, the stories is going to live out today. So the whole thing, what we're saying, y'all, is, 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 is understand who you are and start to personify something in the name of the righteous God. And that righteous God can be, like the minister said, it can be, it can be whoever you want to call it. We ain't talking about the name. We're talking about the function. You understand what I'm saying? I had a beautiful conversation with a brother on Facebook who who says something like, you know, God is a Germanic word and therefore it can't God can't be in you. And then we had a good conversation. I just said I respectfully disagree because in Hebrew you can say, Hey, the word for father is ab, right? But in English that's a stomach muscle. So what are you saying? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I can go to Hebrew and be like Ra is evil, but in Egypt Ra is a supreme deity. Who's right? Well, they're both are right. That's the beautiful thing about the quantum reality. So different cultures plus the same word, right, plus a different function. One say this is this and the other one say this is this equals what? They both are correct, period. So the thing is in this quantum reality, and it, and it, and it comes down to this, if the if the God is real in the sense, no matter what you call it, what system or religion it comes from, the mere fact that your God allow other religions and ideologies to come into the play, then that is your God's too, unless you're going to tell me something was being created without your God knowing. But then you're going to tell me your God must not be all wise and nobody wants to admit to that. So if God is all wise and all knowing, then everything in this reality is God, real simple. And that's what we're working with over here. Not focusing on no King Alfred plan and none of that type of stuff. It's time to get busy in the name in the uh, of the power of God and these invisible forces that are waiting your command. And it says something like in Corinthians, ain't it Jew, where they'd be like, 
um, it'd be like, um, it'd say something along the lines of, hey, does man not know that he is supposed to judge angels? They make it real clear, super duper clear. So the minister, he fell off and whatnot, but uh, hopefully my line's still open and whatnot. But, um, you know, man's supposed to judge angels and whatnot. So it's a very, um, it's a very, very, if y'all can still hear me, uh, it's a very interesting thing down here. So it's about, you know, let's, 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 let's line up, man. 7-Eleven, be in Atlanta in July, we going to Stone Mountain. Uh, this is very important for consciousness because uh, Stone Mountain is the birthplace of the KKK. You understand? This is where they come and they do their official inauguration. We went on that mountain two years ago in 2013, and we was met with intense fog. We purposely did a particular rite to make um, the energy dissipate, went to the four corners of the group, and that fog was gone, made it disappear. And, it, and I always say that thaw, fog represents thought forms. You know what I'm saying? So, therefore, you know, as, as we banish the negative thought forms, that's there. So you have to understand that if you got ancestors and there's such thing as if you want to call them ghosts, whatever you want to call them, life moves on and it, they can interact in this particular reality. So, therefore, the KKK ancestors, them thought forms of the old confederates, they live on and they interact with this world. So therefore, those of you who want to get more on the spiritual plane and address this from a spiritual phenomenon, because the last time we went up there, we made fog disappear, and then a petition surfaced. I'm going to show this tomorrow. A petition surfaced to take the faces down 30 days after we left, and then, then, then on April the 7th, we do a radio show talking about we've been to the mountaintop. And then as soon as we get off the radio show, two hours later, an earthquake goes off in Lincolnton, Georgia, right next to Stone Mountain, which is 33 degrees north of the equator. You understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you the symbolism of how all this works. Tupac Memorial is on, is on Stone Mountain. The man ain't even from Stone Mountain, but his memorial is right there in Stone Mountain because that's the 33rd parallel. This was a guy that was talking about kill Illuminati, the Illuminati. You got to understand this. Back in the day, Tupac shot at two off-duty officers and did not even have to go to court for it because they was out of pocket. So the spirit world was moving him as a symbol, all right, Tupac. You're already moving him as a symbol, and they put him right there to show you one of the last strongholds that the powerful force are. And you got to really admit it, the powerful force of the opposition holds from more of a spiritual perspective, all right, in the realm of thought. So 7-Eleven, the stump off. He ain't telling you to hurt nobody. We just come telling you, come up to the mountain and stump. All your spiritual scripture, especially in the Bible, you got to come up on that mountain. And you, you got you to gotta, you gotta, you gotta synchronize with that mountain energy. So 7-Eleven, the book release, and we're going to Stone Mountain, man. Be there, and you'll see that on the events tab at My Astrology Coach. But uh, go ahead, Prime Minister. Hey, man, that's, that's it in a nutshell, man. We ain't got to suck up all the airwaves. We just gonna, we gonna ride out, and um, we appreciate all the callers who called in to take time out on a beautiful Friday night. Um, and we're gonna chase seeing y'all in there tomorrow evening, um, basically at the same time, man, doing the same thing. But you'll you'll be able to see the visual, and um, we just appreciate yeah. y'all coming out and rocking with us, man. And we and we gonna we gonna take it out of here on some stump because we going to Stone Mountain and stump. Because the last time we went up yeah. to the stump, that petition surfaced. 
And but this time we're going with a whole nother flavor. You know what I mean? And That's it's right. gonna be on and popping, man. That's right. So before you play Stumpman, go ahead and play it. Let me say this, too. See, tomorrow we're going to show you, like the Prime Minister said, when that Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao fight was going on, you had to be smart enough to interject a particular thought, and I'm going to show you what came back off that Floyd Mayweather thought uh, of fight because we were, to, we were to concentrate on the Raven, dealing with Baltimore, the Ravens, the Ravens deal with magic. It's a symbol of something, all right? Even, even in the Bible, they tell you that a dove flew out for a sign for Noah to understand that the waters receded. You know what I'm saying? So so something came back. Even with this stump that y'all about to hear right now that the Prime Minister about to say, listen, I guarantee you tonight, right now, if your energy is right there, get your tail up right now and visualize you on Stone Mountain and start stumping with to this song right here. And watch you see something. Watch you see something in the reality and I'll be able to come back. We'll be able to come back and show you you just dancing tonight with an intent on stumping out the KKK thought form to this particular song is going to be a correspondence back in this world for you to see. Man, be there tomorrow night. I can't wait to show you how magnificent the creator is. Go ahead, Jew. Peace. Peace, y'all. For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, you think we've gotten too radical with our message. Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Glory, glory. Put them hands together and act like you know if you're here. Cheap